You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing and real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. Hey, good morning, Danny, man. It's a good day. You know, it is a good day. It's good to see you. And today we had a special guest and uh, we're just really honored to have them on. So tell the listeners who we talked to today. You know, I I think everybody's going to be excited for this. Uh, Today, we talked to Bob Berg. All right. Um, I hope you know who Bob Berg is. If you don't, Bob is the co-author of the Go-Giver series. He's a very accomplished author, highly sought after speaker that is completely committed to inspiring others and their entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I personally love his philosophy. It's completely in line with my personal beliefs and kind of karma, right? You, you get back what you put out there. And so in serving others and helping get, you know, what they want, need and desire, you're going to end up prospering tremendously. Uh, I love it. Bob was great. Absolutely. It was a great conversation. We took a, he took a lot away from it, obviously from the book and then also the conversation we just had with him. So I uh, can't wait to share that. But uh, before we do that, just want to give a shout out to all our listeners. Really appreciate you tuning in. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review. It really helps us grow the podcast, attract more guests, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. And if you're a passive investor or looking to get into passive investing, then head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can grab our guide for passive investing in apartment syndications. It's just a great introduction into the world of passive investing in apartment syndications. So make sure to check that out. Also, grab our apartment syndication sample deal. This is going to help you get comfortable with looking at this type of investment. So when the real opportunities come your way, you'll be ready. And if you have any questions about what's in either of these resources, drop us a line anytime on our website's contact us page, or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We're posting some great content on there, so make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Today's guest is Bob Berg. Bob is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. He is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence with total book sales uh, of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, itself has sold over 950,000 copies and has been translated into 28 languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series is The Go-Giver Influencer. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is also an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his town of Jupiter, Florida. Bob, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Hey, Danny and Chris. Great to be with you both. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an honor to have you on the show, Bob. You know, we're very excited to chat with you. Obviously, huge fans of the book, The Go-Giver. You know, we've read this book a, a number of times. One of our all-time favorite books, for sure. And uh, for anybody listening, if you haven't checked out this book, we highly recommend the uh, that you get this on your reading list as soon as possible. Absolutely, book kind of changed the way we uh, definitely view things. But um, you know, we spoke about this a little bit before the show. But you know, we we found out about this book uh, at a conference. You know, there was a speaker on stage, and he recommended to everybody. You know, it was a pretty big conference uh, to everybody to go read this book. And uh, as soon as we heard that, it was like, oh, we got to check this out. And 
it was just ever since that day we've been on board with this book and uh, it, it's phenomenal but um, so that's basically how we were introduced to the book but you know there may be some people out there some of our listeners who have yet to uh, read this book so let's just start at the beginning and tell us what the go-giver is about sure the um it's a parable and it was co-authored. So it's not a, it's not a how-to book. It's, it's a, a parable. So there's an overarching philosophy and storyline to it. It was co-authored with John David Mann, who's a fantastic storyteller and writer. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a how-to person. So I'm step one, step two, step three. Uh, but John's a, just a, a great uh, storyteller. Uh, the premise of, the, of the, the book, of the message, is basically that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a... Um, a more satisfying way of, of doing business. It's also the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some way out there, woo-woo, you know, type of magical, mystical reasons. No, it's actually very um, logical. It's very rational when you think of it. When you're that person uh, who can take your focus off yourself and totally place it on um, helping another person helping make their life better, helping solve their problems, helping bring them what they want, helping to make them happier, what have you. Uh, people feel good about you, right? People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to do business with you. They want to refer you uh, to others. So it's it's really something where, uh, you know, when we do this, not only does it feel great, but it's also uh, helps make us the most successful. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, that's a, I think the story itself, and like you said, it's a parable. I think the story itself, it's so strong and there's so much to it. And it kind of sparks some emotions, especially when you were, at least I found when I read it, it sparks so much emotion. But also, it, like you said, it's, for most people, I think it's almost a different way of looking at things. Sure. You know, it's, it's not, it's not normal. And uh, I think for, for me, myself, when I read it, it was one of those, you know, you kind of, you want you know that you need to give value. But it's just a whole mindset shift. And I, I really appreciated that. But you know, you. what I also found was like the laws that were put together in this book, you know, there's five laws. They're, they're so profound yet. They're simple. You know, they're not, it's just one of those things. Yeah. There's simple laws, but, and a lot of them make sense, but, and they might even seem obvious after you read it. You're like, Oh, mm -hmm. that makes complete sense. And that's but what before, we <laughs> Right. Yeah. But, but before reading the book, it definitely right. wasn't, it wasn't, it, I guess just my mind wasn't wrapped around it. And I think that, I think that ha might happen to a number of people. And so for our listeners, we want to make sure that they have a good idea of what these laws are. So if we just take some time, kind of walk through each of those five laws and kind of how they build upon each other. Sure. And, um, and you know, they're all based around that premise and the five laws are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The first law, the kind of foundational law, if you, if you will, the foundational principle is the law of value, which says your true worth in the business sense, of course, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, it is to pick up on what you said earlier, it's counterintuitive. You know, it's you know, give more in value than I take in payment. I mean, that really sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy. <laughs> so, we have to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It simply is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or 
desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, solution, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another human being that they will willingly exchange their money for it, as well as time, energy, what, what have you, but in this case, we'll just say exchange their money for it, uh, and be glad they did while you make a very healthy profit. So let, let's take an example, if we, if we may, and we'll, we'll take it outside your uh, investment business. Um, let's say, because of, of uh, you know, how, how uh, profitable you help everyone become, uh, you know, people need a good account. Okay, so let's say the accountant that, that, that the two of you use, um, she does a, a um, uh, great job. First of all, she charges you $1,000 to do your tax returns. We're just going to name a round figure, $1,000 to do your tax returns, okay? That's her price. But what value does she give you that makes it so worthwhile to you? Okay, well, first, through her years of study and practice, her desire to get to know you and your business model and what you do and how you're looking to, she's able to save you $5,000 in taxes. She also provides you with, or she saves you countless hours of time, and she provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So uh, first, we see here that while price is finite, value can be both concrete in terms of that $5,000 savings, pretty easy to get our arms around, but it can also be conceptual in terms of that peace of mind, which probably holds more worth or value to you than even the money that was saved. So she gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 price. Okay. She gave you more in value than she took in payment. So you're ecstatic about it, okay? But she made a very healthy profit as well because it was, it was in her best interest. It was a, for her to trade or lease her time, her experience, her expertise, her caring or what have you to you for $1,000. In fact, the, the um, ultimate essence, if you will, of a free market-based exchange. And when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else. Um, so the, the key element to that is that in a, a, a market-based exchange, there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because both come away better off mm -hmm. afterwards than they were right. beforehand. Now, the key, though, is the focus. See, the reason that your accountant got your business in the first place was because she was focused not on her fee. She was focused on the immense value she was providing you, okay? This is why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means nothing more than the value comes first. The value must be the focus. The money you receive is simply a very natural result of the value you've provided. So that's, that's law number one. Law number two builds upon this, and, and this is the law of compensation. Yeah. And the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many 
people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, which now we know what that means, right? Law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch or impact with that exceptional value, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. Let's go back to your accountant again. Uh, she did a great job of giving you much more in value than what she took in payment. So if she's your, you know, uh, so the chances are you feel good about her, right? Uh, you would do business with her again, and you'd most likely refer her to the others in your organization, right? All the people you all teach and coach and provide such wonderful value to. And her other clients probably feel the same way, and they're referring her to, you know, to others. So our, our accountant is very quickly amassing what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors. And as she continues to add that kind of exceptional value um, to more and more people's lives, her income will continue to grow. You know, in this part of the story, Nicole Martin, who was the CEO, um, she and one of the mentors, she advised Joe, the main protege, that um, law number one, the law of value, as important as that is, it only represents your potential income mm -hmm. because it's not enough to just serve one person. Okay. Sure. Um, law number two represents your actual income because it's all about the impact you have on the lives of many, many people. Right. Um, yeah, that's, I was, gonna, I was just going to comment. Uh, I think that those, you know, going back to even the first law, the the idea, and I'm glad you brought it up, is the comparison of, you know, really got to know the difference between price and value, mm -hmm. and and how important that is. Because you, like you're saying, you might somebody might charge a fee for something, but the value they're bringing is vastly more important than that price, and it could be, you know, worth obviously much more. I mean, obviously it's worth a thousand. I mean, in your ex example, a thousand dollars to one person, but to another person might be worth way more than that. Oh, and, sure. Well, value, you, you make a great point. You know, let's talk about that because that is so important. Value, which again is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, right? To the end user. In other words, value is always in the eyes of the beholder. Sure. So it's not what we find to be of value. Okay. It's what it's what the other person does, which is why it's so important to ask the right questions and discover what that person you know, when you think about it, what is selling? Really, selling is simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, and desires, and helping them to get it. Yeah. So it's, it's always about them. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And so, you know, we've gone over the law of value, the law of compensation, and that kind of rolls into the third law, the law of influence. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place the other person's interests first. Now, again, right, counterintuitive, maybe sounds counterproductive or even Pollyanna-ish for those who are old enough to remember Pollyanna, right? Um, and then you think about it, though, the greatest leaders, top uh, influencers, uh, highest money-earning producers that you know, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking for ways to, to watch out for the other person's interests. Now, let me qualify that if I, if I may, because I think it can, it can be very easily misunderstood. And, it, and I think it's an important point. When we say place the other person's interests first, we certainly don't mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply understanding as Joe, the protege learned from several of the mentors in the story, 
the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by genuinely moving from what we call an I focus or me focus to an other focus, looking for ways to, as Sam, one of the mentors advised Joe, make your win all about the other person's win. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Chris. No, I want, I want to make a comment like you, uh, you mentioned, you're making the other person's win your win, right? And, um, you know, like I kind, of, I kind of have a question, like it might be a little off track, maybe not That's so okay. much, but, uh, you know, I was, I was curious about, you know, your opinion on others, uh, maybe society in general, or maybe human nature, I guess. But, you know, I believe that, you know, um, I, I, I've always had kind of a similar mindset in terms of like giving and serving others. You know, I enjoy teaching people the things that I like, you know, and, and the things that like I have passion for. And, and I realize that comes from a place of like empathy and like compassion and, 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 and passion, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, you know, when you go looking for things, you tend to find that when I go looking for positivity, I'll uncover that same goes with, with negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I, I still, I'm fairly cynical. Right. And I, and I can be distrusting, I guess. And, and, you know, it's a big world out there. A lot of people are, you know, trying to take advantage of everyone every day. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, you know, like whether or not you think people are like inherently good or evil or, or this mentality that you and I both share, you know, it, or like whether or not I guess that this mentality that you and I both share is like more common, I think, and maybe good versus evil isn't the the right analogy but like where do you think society is on the scale of giving versus getting well i mean you know i think there's a continuum on that right i mean i think most people are basically good well-meaning people you know they're not the ones who get in the way of our pursuit of happiness uh right the, the it's the it's those relatively few who are on lower on that scale who are you know maybe downright evil or they're con artists or they're so it's a big world like you said and so we we always certainly have, again there's remember there is no congruence between being a go-giver and being taken advantage of okay right. so right. no of course if, if we see that someone's what we would call a go-taker right? There's someone who's, you know, they are just focused on what they can take and what they can get and what they can't, right? That uh, obviously, you, you know, you don't do business with them if possible, if pos- if you have to, and there's times that we do have to. Now, I'm not saying if they're a, um, if they're a, you know, a crook, if they're steal, no, then of course you don't. But there's just people who we've got to do business with who are not, you know, they don't have the same values as we do and they don't have the and that's okay. That is what it is. But we need to make sure we protect ourselves. We need to make sure we are careful. We need to make sure we set limits. We do so in a tactful way, in a kind way, of course. But we absolutely, we, we never want to create a, uh, an environment where we can be harmed by those people. Right. You got a good point there. It's like setting, setting those limits. Yeah, I want to put your interests first, but I also have a business model. And I, like you said, I don't want to be a doormat. I want you to get exactly. your win. Right. And for you to get your win is a win for me, but 
not at well, the cost of my own sanity or my well, own. No, and, and there need not be. Then, and that's sure. the thing. There, there need not be. But I'll say this. To the degree that we operate in a free market, and, and we all do. Everyone on this call does, okay? Uh, again, free market being no one's forced to buy from us. Mm-hmm. The only way that we, can, that we can earn a lot of money, if you will, okay, is by bringing immense value to people who choose to do business with us. So it's not a matter of giving someone a lot of value, but I still have to make a living. It's I'm giving you great value, and that is how I'm making a great living. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, and you know, I think that, you know, talking about not being a doormat, you know, that per- plays perfectly into that third law, you know, how abundantly you place other people's interests first. So, you, you want to be able to, you know, put other people's interests first. But like you said, you don't want to be uh, like you so, like you put Bob, you know, a martyr or a doormat. Right. So and there's that. no reason you need to be that. Exactly. It, it, yeah. yeah. But I, I always, but I do say that, and I'll tell you why I say it. Because again, we all come at the world from our own belief systems, which have been set by the time we're little more than toddlers. And it's you know it's a combination of, of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movie, you know every right. But well, you know, but but by the time we're we're little more than toddlers, we have a basic belief of how the world works, and then it gets either um, confirmed or what have you as we go along. Sure. And so, you know, when I say place the other person's interest first, if someone hasn't read the book and they don't know the context, they might think, wow, you put the other person's interest first before my own. Are you kidding? Right. And so I think it's something that needs to be explained, um, you know, unless someone else, because we all operate from different belief systems. And we have to understand that, you know, as human beings, we tend to think other people see the world the way we do, but they don't. (laughs) <laughs> they see the world the way they do. Yep. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Bob. That's a, that's a hundred percent correct. So let's talk about that next law, that law of authenticity. Let's roll into that one. Yeah. The law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, in, in this um, part, uh, Deborah Davenport shared a, a very important lesson that she learned, which is that all the skills in the world, uh, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very, very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel, they feel um, safe with you, sure. right? They, they know who they're getting. Uh, right. And, and that kind of consistency is key. They know they're seeing the same you day after day, week after week, month after, after month. Uh, so, you know, they can, they do know you, they, and they do like you and they do love you and they do trust you. And they're much more likely to want to be in relationship with you and tell others about you. And and it's important. Uh, when we ask those say like, well, so, so why do so many people then, uh, you know, if, if, being authentic is so good for business as well as just good for life. Why do some, so many people show up inauthentically and, and so forth? And, you know, we might be tempted to think, well, because they're trying to be sneaky or, you know, be dishonest. Or, and of course, again, you know, as we were, as we were talking about earlier, right, Chris, and, and we were talking about, you know, we've got, there's, it's a big world. So there's people who do things, uh, but that's not usually the case. In fact, I'll say 99.9 times out of 100. 
when you see someone who is really not coming at things authentically, it's because they don't have the confidence in themselves to do so. Um, they don't embrace, they don't first recognize, never mind embrace the unique value that they bring to others. I think as, as human beings, we have two types of value, right? We have intrinsic value, which just means just by being a person, we do have value. We all have. But we also have what I call market value. And I define market value as that combination of strengths, traits, talents, characteristics that allow us to bring value to others, to both individuals and to the marketplace as a whole in such a way that we will be financially rewarded. And we all have these. We all have these, I think Mike um, Littman coined the term many years ago, assets of value, right? right? But you know, but it can be hard to see those. Why? Because we're human beings and we're, very, we're so emotionally close to ourselves, it's difficult to see that greatness a lot of times. I can't tell you how often I've, you know, been mentoring someone and, and they've told me what they're doing. And I said, oh, hey, that's, you know, fantastic. And they said, oh, no, no, every, everyone can do that. And they weren't being falsely modest. They really didn't get that this skill they had or this trait they had or whatever was very, very special because that's all I know. And remember, we tend to think people see the world as we see the world. So it's important to get clear on our strengths. Now we also have to know our weaknesses and we handle them appropriately depending upon those weaknesses, but we, we lead by, with our strengths, with our authentic selves by really knowing our, our strengths. And that's why coaches such as yourselves are so important because you can help people clarify. You can see it, you know, because you care about those you, you lead and those you teach. Uh, and yet you can be dispassionate enough to be able to really see things from a, you know, from a, a, a larger view viewpoint that they may not be able to see themselves by being so close uh, to themselves. So, you know, I think that's really the, the, the key when it comes down to it. The um, uh, just one other thing about authenticity, if I, if I may, absolutely. I think people confuse authenticity sometimes and they, and they confuse what it is and they use it as an excuse to kind of just, you know, not have a filter and say whatever they want or be a certain way and this is how I am, take it or leave it. You know, it's, it's like the person who has, uh, who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot and if I were to change, that wouldn't be authentic of me, right? And of course, that's baloney. That's hogwash. It means this person has an authentic problem, uh, you know, that he needs to authentically work on in order to be a better, higher, more effective, authentic version of himself. So we never want to use authenticity as a, you know, a, you know as, a, as an excuse to not grow. Instead, we use it as an impetus to keep improving and, and work ourselves into that real wonderful, great, authentic nature that we are and have. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that that's a great point. And that one thing I want to touch on that you mentioned earlier about this law is, you know, the people, the reason, you know, you said people kind of struggle with this is confidence, you know, and uh, we've talked to a lot of people and, and we know some people in our lives that may have struggled with um, confidence and, and things of that nature and being able to absorb something like those, you know, being able to, you know, understand their value really. Yeah. And why do you think before we jump into this, uh, the final law, why do you think that's such an issue that lack of confidence or kind of just like understanding your own value when it comes to, well, comes to you know, I mean, I think as human beings, how, you know, how many of us haven't, uh, 
you know, just in, in growing up as being a person, even with all the advantages of, you know, of, of living where we live and, and having all these, you know, it's, uh, it's tough to be a human being, right? It right. comes with a lot of angst and it comes with a lot of mistakes and a lot of, and then, you know, and I mean, I was very lucky to have wonderful supporting parents. Think of the people who don't. And who are told things about themselves that causes them to feel unworthy or people who have been, you know, bullied or people who have this or that. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough. Life is tough. And, um, and so, I mean, I think it, it's easy. Plus the messages we get, and we'll, we'll actually even talk about that more in the, you know, when we talk about the law of receptivity, why it can be so uh, tough to allow ourselves to receive. Uh, the messages we get from the world around us. So, you know, as human beings, it, it is a struggle. And, um, and it's easy to see how people's heads get messed up. <laughs> and that's why, it, that's why, you know, personal development is so very, very important. We need to keep working on ourselves and grow on the inside uh, before it can really manifest on the outside. Absolutely. So, so let's just dive into that last law, that law of receptivity. What's that about? Yeah. Well, you know, if, if the law of value is the foundational principle, the law of receptivity is sort of the one that brings it all on, on home. Uh, the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And this is really nothing more than understanding that, that yes, we breathe out, but we also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other. We breathe out carbon dioxide and we breathe in oxygen. Uh, we breathe out, which is giving of value to others. We breathe out, which is giving, and we breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving, despite the messages we get from the world around us, and again, the world around us gives us absolutely not mixed messages, but horrendous messages about money, about prosperity, about business, about abundance. Oh my goodness. And so contrary to those messages, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, right? They're simply two sides of the very same coin and they work right. in tandem. Uh, it's not, are you a giver or a receiver, right? Uh, no, you're a giver and a receiver. Now, what you know is that the laws of life say the giving must come first. We sow before we reap. I mean, that's, you know, it's a, it's a, a law of life and successful people deal within truths, right? Right. You don't go up to a fireplace. We talk about this in the book. Remember Pindar said to Joe, you don't go up to a fireplace and say, Hey, first you give me some fire and some heat, and then I'll throw on some logs and right. a newspaper and light a match. You don't go to the manager of the bank and say, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking of opening an account with you, but first you need to pay me an interest payment <laughs> and then I'll make a deposit. It just, life doesn't work that way. It's not a truth. You can wish it were that way, but it's not. So we know that the giving comes first. And when we give value to the people whose lives we get to, to touch and we touch a lot of lives with that value and we place their interests first and we do so from our authentic core, we have created what we call the benevolent context for your success. And when that comes to you, it's important to be able to receive it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it's just to, to visualize it, you know, this being a circle, you know, starting at the first law, the law of value, and then it comes full circle with that 
mm-hmm. with that law of receptivity. Right. And I, I think that uh, uh, a lot of people that or some people that I've spoken to, you know, that have read this book, they talk, we talk about, um, you know, these laws and it's like, okay, these laws make sense, but you get to that last law. And I know uh, a number of people, including myself at one point in my life where that kind of law, it almost like slapped me in the face because it was, um, you know, you understand giving, but sometimes it's hard to accept and receive. It's, it, it can be difficult. Absolutely. So. It's, a, it's mental and it's emotional. And this is one reason. And again, we keep getting horrible messages. Uh, look at the, 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 that you were hearing uh, uh, politicians say, billionaires shouldn't exist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, and, and before that, it was millionaires shouldn't right. exist, okay? But what if those millionaires and billionaires, now, if they acquired the, that money by nefarious means or it was cronyism where they bought special favors from government, well, well, I agree, they should be in jail. Not, not, that's different, though. But let's say somebody has a product or a service uh, and people willingly bought, uh, why should they not exist? Don't they have the right to to receive that money that they from creating such enormous value in the marketplace? So it's important for people to check their premises. When you hear someone say uh, millionaires or billionaires shouldn't exist, ask yourself, well, why? Well, you know, what's the what principle is that based upon? You know, um, and, and 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 keep questioning. But it's also because of these horrible messages. Um, that I think it's really important to study prosperity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we cover it in that, that chapter on receptivity, and a lot of people have had the same feedback as, as you had. And uh, I've, we've had people say that that chapter helped them for the first time to give themselves permission to receive, and we appreciate that. But we also know that we did sort of a, a surface look at that. I believe it's important to make a study of prosperity because the garbage comes <clears throat> comes in from all over, okay? That comes naturally. You've got to go out and look. So, so a few authors I would recommend, and I would get their blogs, their books, and so forth. Randy Gage, uh, who has the Prosperity blog um, and has a, a number of books on prosperity. I read his, his blogs whenever they come out. He also has Prosperity TV. He sometimes tells you things you don't want to hear. That's his style, but you know, the guy is good. Um, Ellen Rogan is a uh, former financial advisor from Chicago who, who speaks about investment from the mindset point of view, and she's fantastic. Um, there's uh, David Nagel, who wrote, the, the uh, I think it was The Millions Within, and he also has a great uh, uh, podcast and a, a blog that comes out every week. Bob Proctor, uh, who wrote You Were Born uh, Rich. Um, Oh, uh, you know who I'm also thinking of? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Sharon Lecter, who, oh, yeah. who was the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She does a lot of work on financial mindset and so forth. She, and she's just such a wonderful, heart-centered uh, human being. She's fantastic. Uh, Ken Honda uh, from Japan wrote a book called Happy Money, in which he talks about the energy around money is is what makes the difference and it's just a beautiful beautiful book and so there's so much great information out there on prosperity and abundance um but we need to you know i really think we need to to actively seek it out and get that good stuff into our our heads and into our hearts 
Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of great stuff there and we appreciate you, uh, you know, touching on those other resources, but, uh, and also touching on, you know, what these laws are in the go-giver and, you know, uh, Bob, this has been, this is a great conversation, but before we run out of time, we want to make sure to spot show, uh, shine a spotlight on you. So, uh, tell us what you have going on. Uh, really at this time we have a, uh, couple of, um, online courses. One's actually a free mini course called selling the go giver way. This is four videos. Uh, and, and you can find these right at Berg, B U R G com, And that's a, a free one. Then that leads into the main course, uh, which is called endless referrals, the go giver way. And that's where I share my entire system for cultivating a network of endless referrals business uh, and do it through the philosophy that we just talked about, and which, of course, we go very, very much into detail on. Uh, plus, if they come to Berg.com and they scroll down, they can uh, get the first chapter or an excerpt of any of the books to see if they like them first. And if they do, they can always click through to Amazon or, or wherever else they'd like. Absolutely. That's uh, that's fantastic. We'll make sure to include that in all of the show notes. And we highly recommend to our listeners to check this stuff out. Uh, and if you haven't read The Go-Giver, make sure to pick this book up. It is absolutely fantastic. It'll it'll change your life. I know it changed ours for sure. So, uh, uh, Bob, you know, it was great having you on the show. We really appreciate talking to you. And it's been a, it's been a real honor. So thank you. Well, Danny and Chris, I appreciate you both and appreciate all the value you bring to the lives of so many people. So keep up the great work. Thank you, sir. We really appreciate that. All right. So that's about all the time we have for today. So to our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.